Yo, what is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Big Four Podcast. My name is Luke Springer with the usual Brian, Nick, and Andrew. How are you guys doing tonight? Great. I'm doing Great. awesome. March Madness. Madness. Right around March the corner. Madness is here. Our selection Sunday was last night. Oh, but as always, we are an empty source for all things sports. If you know, you know, go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Big Four underscore podcast. And yes, selection Sunday was last night. The 68 teams, to be exact. Um, were chosen last night to be a part of March Madness. First four starting on Thursday and the first rounds Friday and Saturday. And I don't like that, by the way. You don't like that, no? You like the Thursday, Friday? No well, I certainly no, do not. like that. Yeah, I think no. it's terrible. Whatever. We, we can debate it, but that's <laughs> not our focus of today. The focus of today is... The one of the best brackets I think I've ever seen. I mean, th- there's a lot of controversy. There is a lot of room for upsets. Um, a lot of teams that could win it all. There's not a clear cut favorite. Um, I remember, you know, you can look back two years ago, even though Duke didn't win it, they were the clear cut favorite in pretty much every bracket heading into that season. I mean, that they, that didn't work out for them in the Duke end, cute. but there's a lot. I mean, there's no clear-cut favorite. I guess you could say Gonzaga because they're undefeated, but there's a lot to talk about, a lot to get to. Um, but, you know, we'll start it with giving you guys some some inside tips. Not really big inside tips. Bracketology. Yeah, big four bracketology right here. Um, Use so we'll this start, information and then join yeah. our bracket challenge Use it as soon as you hear this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, join, join the bracket join the challenge. Yeah. 35 bucks for the It's winner. on our Instagram. It's information be great. On our Instagram. Yeah. Uh, so... We are going to supply you with a few things that we believe are are going to happen, and and we're going to start it off with, um, you know, a team that uh, is a high seed but could get knocked out early, and not early meaning the first round, but second round and and on will have some struggles. Um, we'll start with Andrew with this, and then we're just giving our opinions. You know, don't take this too seriously if you don't want to listen to us, whatever. But these are our opinions, and and Andrew, do you want to start us off with a team you think that can, you know, get bounced second round? It's a guessing game. All right, yeah, it's basically a guessing game. I mean, there's no such thing as a right answer here because it's basically impossible. Um, Most of these are really just a gut feeling, I feel like. Yeah. that's really all it is. That's how you fill out a bracket. You could easily beat me when I do 10 hours of analytics to figure out one day, one game and you just like the one mascot more than the other and you get it right. And I don't, so it's just ridiculous. That's, that's the fun about it though. Um, I got number one seed Michigan losing in the second round to number eight LSU um, little bold doesn't really happen that much, but, uh, Michigan, two losses in the last three games, Michigan state tough loss, but I guess they, I mean, they do really well against really good teams. So maybe they can make, they can make a, a run and to yeah. Ohio state, um, Ohio state's a good team, but that's a game that they definitely should have won. Uh, they got livers out. I mean, who knows when he's going to come back. Um, that's definitely a questionable. I don't think he's going to be back for the second round. Cause that would be on what? either Sunday or Monday. I don't know exactly what day they play. But they play Monday cuz they play Saturday. They play Saturday. They play Saturday. I didn't know if they so played they, they um, would play on Monday their yeah. second round. I didn't game. know if they played Friday or Saturday, so the whole left that. side's doing Saturday and the whole right side's Friday. Okay. And then um for LSU, um I'm just really looking at how they did in the in the um the SEC Championship uh tournament 
and, and then they beat the, Arkansas the, the yeah. game before that. Yes, Nick, I was getting to that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they had a big win against number eight Arkansas at the time. Um, and then they played Alabama. They played very well in that game. Lost a close one, but Alabama is a two seed. So it's obvious it's a, it's a top eight team. So I think that who knows, Michigan might without one of their better players. Um, who knows? Yeah, that's a good one. Brian, do you have a team in mind? Uh, I think I was talking about Texas. I think that was it. <sighs> I think so. Yeah, I think it was Does, Texas. Um, I'm not huge on Texas. Um, I don't know. They like they had chemistry issues early in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they won the Big Twelve, but they kind of got bailed out by getting a, a rest day by not having to play Kansas. So that helped a lot. And I like Michigan State. I like them to make a run coming off of a win against UCLA on Thursday that they'll win. And then I think they'll run into Michigan State, who will have a lot of confidence after being BYU as well. So I don't think Texas is that great. They're in an interesting part of the bracket with a lot of kind of hungry teams, I would say. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going to make my pick also in the same side of the bracket, the East, because that East side is is all up in arms. And mine is going to be Alabama. And I defensively, I think Alabama is probably the best team in college basketball. They're one of the best defensive teams and they can just switch everyone one through five because all their guys are like six, 10 and athletic. But the issue I have with them is they live and die by the three 47% of their shot attempts this season were from three. And that's compared comparing that to the 17, 18 Houston Rockets, who we know chucked they had 50% of their shot attempts B3. So that's only a 3% difference between the 2017-18 Houston Rockets and Alabama this year. So if you are a team playing Alabama and catch them on a bad shooting night, that is a recipe for disaster for Alabama. Iona to the chip! Iona. Is that who they play <laughs> okay, first? Bro. Yeah, no thanks. Slow your roll there, Brian. They've, Iona's only played 17 games this whole season. so I Don't I mean, sleep on Oral them. Roberts. They got like the leading score in the nation. So oh, okay. I, I won't sleep on Oral Roberts. But yeah, I think <laughs> Alabama could be a quick out. Um, I think they're a good team. I like them just because of the way they played really tough man-to-man defense. But offensively, it's tough to have almost half of your shots be from the three-point line. And I think I saw something. It was like, only they only like four is four to six percent of their shot attempts the entire season were um, mid range. So that means 96 percent of their shots were from three or in the paint. So when you play that style, it can get very ugly if you start to miss threes. So I think that if a team catches them on a bad shooting night, Alabama could be a quick out. Nick, who do you have a, as a quick out as a high seed? Um, I, I think Iowa could be a, a team that goes down really early. Um, I, I like Oregon a lot. Now they are missing uh, their big man, Nafali Dante. He's, he, he's got a fine – I like that name. It's kind of cool. But he's, he's their interior force. He averages over a block a game, um, close to 10 points, five – you know, he's, he's their big guy down low. I think he's averaging near eight rebounds. He's the only guy that I see um, that can really resist Garza. But even with him out, He's been out since uh, December, and Oregon's really – they've really rallied back. They've adjusted, and they're behind a great coach, Dana Altman. He, he consistently changes his defense per, per possession 
They got four great guards, Chris Duarte, Eugene Omarui, Will Richardson, LJ Figueroa, all guys that can score over 12 points a game, and they're deadly from three. So I, I think they can they, – their defensive shifts per game, per possession, it goes all the way down to possession, can really um, disrupt Iowa's rhythm from three. So I think it comes down to I – think, I think there's a chance Oregon can be able to take out – take away a three ball from Iowa get hot from three and have that match guys' intensity down low. I think that can I, – I, that's absolutely a tangible for Oregon. I think I think Iowa's – if they get Oregon in the second round, it would be a battle. Yeah, that's a possibility. Iowa kind of only relies on Garza, and if you have a big man who can guard him and take him away and – or not, you, there's no really taking him away, but if you can slow him down, that can be a good, a good sign. So based off of those answers, if you are listening to this, try to avoid – I mean, again – don't take our word for it because we're just for college kids. But if you want to listen and, and take our word for it, teams to avoid having go far in the bra- in your brackets, Michigan, Iowa, Alabama, and Florida State are all teams that we think can get bounced out pretty early, meaning second round, Sweet 16, all that. Um, so we'll move on to the next bit that will hopefully help your bracket is, um, is a team that you know is a lower seed, for four seed or lower that we think has the potential to make it all the way to the final four, not all the way to the championship game, but who can get out of their side of the bracket and represent whatever division they are in or, or section they are. I don't know what they technically call them, but w- whatever side of the bracket they're on to make it all the way to the final four. Andrew, do you have a team in mind for this one? Yeah. So I was kind of going back and forth with, uh, with two teams, um, Florida State and Oklahoma State. Um, I don't know. I like both teams, but it's really tough. Um, I'm gonna. I ended up uh, in Oklahoma State, even though it'll be tough um, for them to beat Illinois. I have I have Illinois winning, so I don't think this will happen. But I do think that they still have a chance of pulling this with uh, with they definitely do when Loyola Chicago beats Illinois. Okay. Why I'm, so... I, have, I have Illinois winning it all too. I'm just saying I will be rooting for Loyola Chicago in that game. 100. percent Why are you so high on them? I'm not high on them. I just want them to do it again. And be we're gonna get to the like... We're gonna get to Baylor. And Brad's gonna be like, oh, nope, don't, don't, don't make your bets on Baylor because Harper's gonna beat him, beat him in the first round. I have Park <laughs> Boyle <away>. it's hard <laughs> to beat. Yeah, Brian's Final Four consists of an eight, a ten, an eleven, and a like a seven. That's completely <laughs> not true. But I'm Brian is a very <laughs> aggressive bracket maker. I'm just saying, no, it's not. We literally went through it yesterday. I had no more upsets than you did. No, I understand yeah. that because you took care of all your upsets in the first round. So you had 12 seeds playing 13 seeds in the, in the round 32. And you're like, I oh, that. Oh, seats I have, I I have one upset. of those. I have one of those because it, there seems Actually, to always be a 12 no, no, I get 13. It. I get it. I know, but throughout Brian's bracket, you're like, I have a 12, I have 12 seed USBC playing uh, 13 seed Ohio. So I have USBC I in have Sweet 16 because I have the 12, you know, it just. That's why the upset doesn't count. But you still the the fact. No, I'm just saying. Like, have I have I have Illinois winning it all, but you I, take care I, of all your upsets in the first round, and then you. I had Loyola go Chicago going to the Sweet 16 three years ago, so like it was really hype when they like. Made a <laughs> so like this year, I will be rooting for them to do it again. I'm not picking them to do it, but if they were a seven seed or a 
or a six seed and didn't get hosed by having to play like a one seed in the second round, I would have yeah. probably go. Yes, everyone so. now. Yeah, the me thing, too. The thing now, everyone that's making their brackets is using Loyola Chicago three years ago as kind of a reference point, saying, hey, anything can happen. That Cinderella still effect got is very real. Baby! That's, that Cinderella effect for teams is very real, and it's very present, and it's very powerful, and that can just just very well send a 15 seed all the way to the Sweet 16. Like that, like It's ridiculous. Florida Gulf Coast, baby! People, you know, <laughs> the people now are, you're going to see a lot more people being very aggressive. It? With Middle Tennessee, baby! <laughs> Being very aggressive yeah. with their brackets. Andrew thinks Oklahoma State. Brian, your thoughts on, I think you said UConn you were going to talk about. I am, you know, there's always a team. See, I was trying to think of the team that has the best chance in their side. So I thought the East was the best chance for a, a higher seed team to make it to the Final Four. Every year there's a higher seed. Like Auburn, uh, last time there was a tournament, was a five seed. You nobody saw Auburn going to the final four there or year before Loyola Chicago. There's always a high seed that you don't see coming that goes on a run. UConn has the history of what were they a seven seed when they won it in 2014? If I'm not, I think they were an eight, might have been an eight. All right, even better because it was was eight nine in the in the championship. Yeah, it was. It was was so weird. It was was UConn against like what Florida, I think it was. Uh, it was either Florida or Kentucky. I think it was Kentucky. I think they might have played Florida in the final four. doesn't matter. There's always a team that goes on a run. I like UConn. Um, They, I I just like them. I don't know why. I honestly, I think they have an an easy chance. I'm not. Hmm. I said, that's what What? it is. You just fill out your bracket just because you like, Like, I don't even know why. I just like, you know, like our listeners referenced. I'm just I just pull up UConn stats just to kind of check them out. They have their BPI they're, was like 15, which is kind of they are winless against right ranked now, opponents though, this season. Right. What'd you they say? Are win, they are UConn is winless against ranked opponents this season. How many have they played? <laughs> they have played say Creighton twice, Villanova twice. It's Creighton three times, Villanova. So they have not not a big sample size. I think they're 0 and four. Yeah, yeah. Lost to Creighton but three times. I've also and used Nova the BPI so 0 and, provided 0 by. By ESPN's BPI, I've used that, uh, the power index. Um, mm-hmm. They're 15, which is pretty high. That is uh, high. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm sending it. That's my that's my team right now. And if they lose oh, in the first round, well, oh, well. I, I do. They it all, and they lost yeah. to UMBC. So left goes on. <laughs> I do have them beating Alabama I, for yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. they can get past Texas. I mean, they could. That that's why I I said that's a that'd be a tough game for the for uh, Alabama and that's why I said they could get bounced out early. Um, my team though that could potentially go to the Final Four is Texas Tech. Uh, they played in probably one of the toughest conferences. I mean, it was obviously the Big Ten, but the Big Twelve was right up there. Um, and they hung in there. They were they were a decent team. Um, they lost by one to Texas, who ended up winning the Big 12 tournament. But again, I look at that South bracket and I see Ohio State, who's a good team, but they cannot finish at all. They have played a lot of games where they are down early and they have to catch up and, and try to um, win from behind. And I think that's what they did in the Michigan game. Um, but they, they have a lot of games that they hang in with teams, but they can ultim- they ultimately don't win. Um, the three seed in that is, I don't even remember. The four is Purdue. I think Purdue has a chance to get knocked out first round. I don't think that would happen. Um, Villanova, the five, is a weak five, in my opinion, just because they don't have their um, 
their best player in Connor Colin Gillespie. And then Arkansas is a three. I don't know much about them because I really I paid a lot of attention to Big Ten and Big Twelve. But I think Texas Tech is is great. And then Baylor, obviously. Baylor has has looked like one of the best teams and if not the best team in the country earlier in the season and then they had the little COVID pause and, and ever since they've been decent and, and in the two games Texas Tech has played well they lost by eight earlier in the year um, they recently lost by 15 but that's because Macy Oteague um, for Baylor shot I think it was like 10 for 11 from three which is not going to happen again but I, I think that Texas Tech can do damage them. I mean they've played a lot of tough teams and Mac McClung is is a really good player he he's the he's the key if he doesn't play well then they're not going to make it far. So he needs to play really well. He needs to average about 15, close to 20 this tournament if they want to make it to the Final Four. Nick? You almost sold um, Luke. Again, I'm going to go with Oregon. I think, Oregon, I think I, you know, I'm putting all my marbles on a seventh seed. I'm not really picking on my bracket just because it's so um, rare, especially because they're missing, their, they're missing a very key player down low. Um, but if they can get past Iowa, they can find a way to get past Iowa. They have made it to the Sweet 16, like I think it's each of the last four years or each of the last three years, something, something like that. And I think down the stretch, they're well coached. Um, they have their best players are seniors and juniors. They're upperclassmen. They've been there before. So Oregon was there Sweet 16 the last couple of times they've even been in it. So those guys have been part of those teams. Um, I think if they get, whether they play USC, Kansas, Wichita State, it probably won't be, but probably you. I think it'll be Kansas. We know Kansas's rough history in the tournament, getting deep in the tournament, getting very deep and getting all the way to the final stretch. And if Oregon's once beats Iowa, gets gets finds heat against Kansas, I think we could be looking at an Elite Eight team, and they'll they play a similar game to Gonzaga. And if they get harder than Gonzaga, I think they have a potential of beating knocking off Gonzaga. Very unlikely, but they could. And then you find yourself in the Final Four after that. I don't think it's crazy to put Oregon all the way back there. I think Oregon's toughest two games are would I mean, obviously because they're ranked, but Oregon's gonna have to get past Iowa. And I think Kansas shouldn't be much of an issue for a team like Oregon. And then they get to Gonzaga and that'll be another test. But I think Oregon's a team that could absolutely do it. Nice. Nice. Now we get to go to everyone's favorite part of the bracket, the upsets. And we're going to shy away from eight and nine upsets because eight and nine upsets upsets aren't upsets in my opinion. The nine actually wins more of the games. Than yeah. Okay. So eight. it's it, it's basically so it's an upset if the higher seed wins yeah. in that matchup. I match have a up. question. Yes. Does it count as a a mini virtual upset in itself if you pick all eight seeds and to win in one turn in one bracket? No. Does that, would that count as like kind of a bold move for your bracket if you if pick you, all eight seeds to win their first game? Well, let's see. I'm going through them. No, I would pick LSU. I would pick three eights, one nine. I would pick no. I would pick all eight. LSU, Oregon, and I would pick Oklahoma, LS or Oklahoma, LSU, UNC, and Loyola. Yeah, I'm definitely I, guaranteed USC, I and UNC, and LSU. Guaranteed for those two. Probably going with Loyola. I haven't looked into that side of the bracket yet. And then probably going with Oklahoma. Yeah, I, that's not an. Upset I like the eights no. here. No, it's that, not. that's fine. But this is Oklahoma. these are the upset upsets where we think. I think the the highest seeds we're going to talk about here are the twelves. What, what's Utah State? Are they at twelve as well? They're no, an they're 11. on eleven. So they're the highest they're team. But we'll get to Utah State later. But we're going to start with Andrew, who has one for us. Okay, so this one is actually probably the one the twelve seed that has the best chance to win. I think that a lot of people are going to pick this. Um, I think it's pretty straightforward Winthrop over Villanova. Yep. Um, Villanova is kind of chips lately. Uh, lost three of their last four 
to end the regular season and the Big East tournament. Um, Winthrop twenty three and one in before uh, the tournament. So, I mean, one loss. That's that's kind of the good thing about these high these uh these high seeds. Well, high seed, low seed. I guess you can say whatever you want, but they have such good records, but they just don't play anybody. So that's why they're placed the way they are. So these teams can win. That's why they're upsets because it's a, they have more wins than the team that they're playing, but they just haven't played anybody. But more specifically, Villanova just hasn't been playing well. And I just, I, I'm not betting on them this year at all. Yeah. I mean, they, they also have their best player who was a wooden award candidate is out for the rest of the season with an MCL yeah. tear. So that's not good. And, and that's kind of why they haven't been playing well so far. Um, so go, go ahead, Brian. Um, this one is probably my boldest pick and I stuck with it. I wasn't going to stick with it, but as soon as I saw the times get released, I'm like, you know what? I want an upset off the bat. I got Colgate knocking off Arkansas second game of the day, 1245 tip. And that's how you get into it right away. You get hyped up right away. You're big time into this game. And what did I hear? Seth Davis on CBS. He said, give me one upset right away. He goes Colgate. And I'm like, there you go. That's all I need to hear. Colgate. It is apparently they're elite at shooting a three. They defend the three point line really well. And they run like crazy. So they also score like 89 points per game. So, Wow, That's crazy! That is a lot of points. Colgate, baby. Um, I originally was going to talk about UC Santa Barbara, but I feel more confident in this team. Same side of the bracket, same region. That's what it is. Region. It's not division. It's region. Same region. Um, I have more confidence in Iowa beating Virginia. Now, Virginia was ranked. They were the regular season champ in the ACC, but the ACC isn't the ACC it normally is. You know, Are those you teams Iowa? aren't. Ohio. What? Ohio. 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 Ohio I against, was thinking this too. I'm I'm going I think I'm I have more confidence in them. Ohio is also they're 16 and 7 so they didn't really have a great year in in a not so great conference. But um Virginia coming off of positive covid tests, you know, who knows yeah. who knows uh who's going to be available like if their starting lineup is going to be ava- not going to be available and the NCA said it if you have five guys available even if they're five walk-ons you're playing the game so i mean i don't th- i don't expect that to happen but it just in case that happens i'm going to have I- ohio and even if everyone in- for virginia is healthy this isn't a virginia team of the past they are a decent defensive team but they aren't a great defensive team and that's why they kind of won the national championship a few years ago and offensively they just can't score sam hauser is the only one who can score um kihei clark is like my height and he kind of struggles with things a lot (laughs) um so i know they, they 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 struggle on the offensive end they do um so i think that ohio has a legit shot despite having not a great record in a, in a pretty bad conference, I still think that they have a, a very good shot of beating Virginia at that four seed spot. Nick yeah. has a lot of upsets. No, he wants I to actually have two. Now we've covered most of them. We've only okay. Two. Okay. Go but ahead. The, the main one, the main one, you Luke, you had Texas tech going to the final four. Yeah. I have Texas tech not staying in Indiana for the weekend. Oh, okay. Oh, for Sunday, actually for Sunday. Because that's when their second game would be. Um, let me just let me just run through it really quick. Texas Tech. Let's see where, where the hell would it go. The hell. Oh, it's down here. Sorry. Let's speak into the mic, Nick, so we can hear you, buddy. 
I'm, not, I'm saying gibberish right now. You've done so it all day, bud. It's okay, but you've done it all day. The mic goes in front of you, not to the side. Okay, so I, 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 I think Utah State matches up really well against Texas Tech. Utah State has this big guy. His, ne- his name is Nemius Keta. Hell of a name. Seven-one okay. <laughs> averages 15 points, 10 rebounds, a steal, and over three blocks. He is their guy. He's their best player. They run the offense through him. And Texas Tech doesn't have a single guy on the roster. They have one guy listed over 6'7". He plays nothing. He, he never plays. Their main players, their, their big-time players, their, their top eight players, none of them higher than six, none of them taller than 6'7". And that, that doesn't really mean much, but when Utah State runs their offense to a guy that's uh, six inches taller than the, the, high, the tallest player on Texas Tech, I think that might say something. Doesn't, don't matter the fact that Texas Tech has dropped five of the last eight games to finish the season. Utah State has won six of the last seven, with their only loss being to 19-ranked, then, well, 19-ranked San Diego State, who they had beaten the first two times those two teams met. San Diego State is, by the way, a six-seed. So Utah State has, I guess, if, you know, they beat that six-seed San Diego State two out of three times this year. I, I personally really like Utah State in this matchup. I think they just their strength matches up really well with Texas Tech's weakness, which is guarding the paint. Mm-hmm. Utah State alone the paint. Yeah. What was your and second then, one? So the other one is, uh, I think we we might have covered this. But we haven't covered it in the upset pick is Georgetown. Um, Georgetown doesn't match up well at all against Colorado. Um, but there's something in the stats that's very unwritten called the Cinderella effect. And Georgetown is very much deep into that effect because they have rallied back after not having a great season behind head coach Patrick Ewing. And they won They won their uh, – what division? I don't know what division they are. Big, Big East. Ten. Or Big, Big East. East. Why did I say Big Ten? Big East. I don't know. Brown Big. Shoot my brain. You know, the, and the, the thing about it, Patrick Ewing, is he's making his college basketball debut. But on the other hand, George, uh, Colorado's head coach, and I told Brian this, I think the coaches play a huge role in college basketball. If they can be able to motivate their, their teams, coaches have to be able to perform well under pressure. And Colorado's head coach has lost – been sent home in the first round three of the four times he's coached this Colorado team to the March Madness tournament and then losing the second round the first time. So he's kind of three for four and getting kicked out in the first round. So I think that's going to play a factor. Ewing's never played as a Ewing's never coached in the title, but he's played and won. And I think he can really relate to his players that way as a coach say, Hey, I've been there. I know what you're feeling. I know what's going on in your mind. It's March Madness. Just be happy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, all the, the, you know, the gibberish that they always say. And, I think that is a. I think Georgetown's a fine pick. It could be even past the Sweet Sixteen that they go. Put them in the Sweet Sixteen as well. So I love it. I love it. Utah State or Georgetown? Sorry, you. Yeah, Georgetown. The last, the last one's Oregon State. Simple. They won the Pac-12. They're rolling. I think it's a. I think it's a decent. They're the yeah. They're the same thing as Georgetown. They were not great in the regular season. Made a big run to win their conference tournament. Right. Right. The same story. they They might be a rally cap team against Tennessee. We you never know. Um, Tennessee's prone to the upset. If you're looking for an upset in the Midwest, I definitely would recommend going with Oregon State over Tennessee. If you if you need an upset down the bottom right corner of your bracket, um, I I definitely recommend that. I don't think another twelve five upset. <laughs> San Diego State's nationally ranked in a six seed, so I think San Diego State will, don't sleep on Liberty either. Hanley take care of Syracuse. Yeah, but Liberty. Eh, I got I got Syracuse winning that. Liberty's Syracuse is really good. I do too. I, I like Syracuse. They uh, that's well. So I don't know. Syracuse, Brian. I'm I don't know. Like so I don't know if I like. I don't know what it is because I watched that ACC tournament or that yeah. ACC bracket game, and 
I watch Syracuse against Virginia. I don't know if I don't like Virginia or I like Syracuse because Syracuse played really well. Virginia had to it have sucks. A, they had they had to they had to win on a buzzer beater three by one of their bench guys um, against the eight seeded Syracuse in the ACC tournament. So I don't know if it was me liking Syracuse or me not liking Virginia. So I, I mean, I, I think it's uh, worth knowing that a, a lot of people are taking Syracuse. I agree. You know, good coaching, good coach, Beheim, great coach. And on, on top of that, you know, they're just, it's the name, you know, no one really cares about a mountain West team. San Diego State, no one really cares about that. People like the ACC Syracuse because they play in the ACC. They play with Duke. They play with UNC. They play with all those teams, UVA too. Um, and I, if you're I playing with Duke this year, you're lucky. I would not put it past that 11 seed Syracuse to win. The only reason I'm not picking them is because I have, um, I'm looking, it's looking good for me to take Michigan, the winner of Michigan, UCLA to handily take down BYU. And then I also have Utah State. So I already have my two 11s. I'm set. I don't need to worry about this game. So I'm going to take San Diego State. All, San Diego State, I also think they're they're better team than their seed. They're top 20 in the country. They won their, they won their conference or top 20 in the country. They're a better team than that six seed. But I can absolutely see Syracuse winning. If you're looking for an upset in the Midwest, I think personally – my recommendation is taking Oregon State just because another another Cinderella effect. They're rolling, but again, that would if I take Oregon State, then that means I have picked three 12 seeds to go in this round of 32. So I mean, yeah. it's yeah. I think the numbers play a little bit of a factor into your you mentally trusting your bracket. Um, but if I'm just playing it game by game, I definitely take Oregon State. I'd consider it. it, it they seem like the viable option. I have both Oregon State and uh, Syracuse winning. So. Yeah, don't I mean, sleep. On, don't sleep on BYU too. By the way, they played a really good. Uh, I would not sleep on BYU either. No, I they uh, they played a really good thirty to thirty five minutes against Gonzaga in the West Coast but Championship game. So the I mean, reason I would go with that upset is because of history telling us that almost every single year a a eleven seed playing game has won in the first round, and I don't know if I'm ready to take Wichita State or Drake to take down Evan Mobley and USC. I don't know if I want to do that. So I'm. It's not like I'm forced to because I'm not. I I can write down BYU and I can write down USC and boom, I have that. This this could be a I guess technically an historical moment in March Madness because it's breaking a streak of X amount of many years where a uh, playing game has not failed to win the first round. Um. But I, I think between the two games, I'd rather I, – I think I'd, US, BYU is a team that would most likely get taken down. I mean, yeah, they're, they're a great team. Don't take them for granted whatsoever. But, um, you know, I, 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 maybe it's the names, Michigan, UCLA, the historical names. They're just, Michigan they're, State, they're, UCLA. Yeah. yeah, they're just historically very good in the tournament, and I'd, I'd rather see one of those teams moving on rather than Wichita State and Drake being USC. But um, again, I'm gonna look into those more. And right now, I'm going with that playing game: Michigan State, USC, the, UCLA. The winner of those two taking down BYU. But hey, it all and you're change. hopeful it's UCLA. I'm hopeful it's UCLA. I'm rooting for my Bruins, but you know, it's not looking too good. So no, <laughs> Michigan so, State or UCLA, either one, I take the win though. Yeah, be yeah, fine. I don't know if That's I take fine Drake to beat USC. I don't know much about Drake. I mean, they were ranked earlier in the year um, because I mean, they were one of the last four undefeated USC teams. He was ranked at 1.2, and I just got Evan Mobley. He's a beast. So Yeah, he is. He's going to be no, so. top three pick. That that one, be- I, had, I had one of those teams winning in the first round. I don't know now. With a guy like – here's the thing. You have to look – the you, you can 
with a guy like Evan Mobley, they run their off. USC runs their offense through Evan Mobley. He can do everything. I, I compare him to Anthony Davis. He can shoot. He can drive. He can pit the three. He can dunk. He can play you off the dribble. He can defend well too. I, 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 Evan Mobley is a fantastic player, and USC runs their offense through him. The only knock on USC is their bench is god awful. It's throw up awful. They run. <laughs> they, they are. If Evan Mobley gets hurt. They are screwed. They are done. Well, basically, Nada. this guy's got to drop Mobley like a hundred points. Like, what, if, what are you saying here? If Evan Mobley gets hurt, they might score thirty points in a game. He runs their offense completely. He is the man. Okay, man. then I'm sticking with it. You just convinced me there. Okay, but <laughs> he sucks. The, the thing is that he's a big man, and when you get dominant big men, you can in March Madness you can find a good. You can they, they could be a good team. And if Mobley gets hot, I don't. I, you have to look at Wichita State's roster and Drake's roster and whoever wins and blah blah. Do they have a big man that can resist Evan Mobley? Because if you can resist Evan Mobley, you can beat them. If you can't, I'm resist, also, resist, if you can't resist Evan Mobley, you won't beat them. So that's I'm, the issue with USC here. BYU, I don't know much about, but um, I just the fact that it's gonna be tough for USC to lose may make me want to take BYU to lose. I'm also looking at this just right now. Uh, Mobley also averages three blocks a game, which is yeah, he can do really everything. really good. He is insane. So if you can find a way, like this is going to be I'm the one game that change in the game that first. USC want to run a want a prayer at the buzzer and beat UCLA. Fooling <laughs> one of you guys if freaking what. If uh, oh, if USC loses, but you if, you, US- if USC loses, I just changed it. So if USC loses, I am throwing absolute you, hands. USC hey, 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 we said at the beginning won. of the podcast, don't trust us. Disclaimer, it, it, disclaimer, you can disclaimer, listen to us or yeah, not. Listen do it. not act like you're right because nobody's ever been right. No. Here's the thing about USC. So, this is where this is where the comparison come into play. UCLA is right now in a playing game to be an 11 seed. Just like UCLA, USC is in that situation. They're playing a playing game for as an 11 seed. They're going to be playing an 11 seed playing game. UCLA, Cody Riley, not a big man, but he contained Evan Mobley to less, to less than like 14 points. I mean, it was, it was great. UCLA was up the entire time. USC hit a prayer at the buzzer to win. Now, it was a prayer. Like I'm talking like through the legs, trick shot, 360, double, <laughs> triple coverage, behind the back, swish prayer. It was like 0.3 seconds left. It was ridiculous prayer, but they did. And it was a nobody too, but they made it and they won. And that really, that's, that's the reason UCLA is in, in a playing game for an 11 seed. But regardless, USC won that game. But UCLA, they were pushed. They were down the entire game except for the last shot. They were losing. They had not taken the lead. They had tied a couple of times. They had not taken the lead until that shot was made. UCLA found a way to contain them. If Wichita State and Drake can find a way to contain Evan Mobley, they'd be in a good position because they're like, they're, they, I assume they'd be a similar team to UCLA because they're in the same boat playing game for an 11 seed. So, again, it's just you got to look into each roster. My only advice to you, if you want to pick, if you want to see how good you, the USC's opponent is, you have to look at Wichita. You have to look at Drake. You have to find a guy that can resist a guy like Evan Mobley, that can somehow contain him. In which case, an upset could be a very good pick, and it, it, that could be the one. Again, these two playing games are very difficult to pick. These two playing games. I'm gonna, is, yeah, I'm gonna go with one playing game, and I like the other one better. So yeah, I, I, I like BYU just because. I, I mean, I'm gonna look into it more, but I just Michigan, UCLA, Michigan State's Michigan State's well coached. UCLA is pretty well coached. I don't think UCLA beat BYU, but I know Michigan State good because they're that's the well the coached part. Wichita State and Drake aren't really your 
your big time March Madness teams. Real, I mean, they are occasionally. To be fair, Wichita State should have gotten a higher seed. They just lost super early in their conference tournament. They were by far, in a way, the best team in their conference. They just didn't play a very good conference tournament. If you want to take Wichita State, that's fine. But I, if this this particular game, USC, Wichita State, or Drake, that's a matchup game. You really got to find someone who can contain Mobley. Kansas does. Kansas has McCormick. McCormick. He can contain Mobley. That's why I have Kansas moving to the Sweet 16. Because McCormick can contain. He can resist Evan Mobley very effectively. Because I know McCormick is a great defensive big man. Now, Wichita State and Drake got to find a way to do that if they want to beat USC. USC is a matchup team because USC, Utah State, um, Iowa, they're a ma- they're not. You can't. It's tummy tough to beat those kind of teams on a Cinderella. You can. It happens. That's how Cinderellas work. They're really unexpected. They come out of nowhere and you win. It's crazy. But they're mainly matchup teams. When you get one specific guy, the VCU same situation. When you get one specific guy where that offense runs through that one guy, then you then you can contain him and then that that forces the other guy to step up which oftentimes in the big tournament they won't step up because it's a big pressure situation so again usc is a matchup team um i don't think byu really is much of a matchup team i think it's going to come down to michigan state or ucla wins they're gonna be better coached and i think you can look at it that way if you want that playing game upset you'd want to get that off your tail get that off your agenda bracket wise get that out of the way because you got to pick one it's probably going to happen it happens every year Mm -hmm. um but I, I'd say the six eleven BYU Michigan State UCLA game that could be a I think that's going to be the one. But again, go back to the disclaimer. We have to go back to the disclaimer every time. You know, we might be. You wrong. never know what happens. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that those are kind of our our bold takes. Now we can get into championship game. Who's going to be in it and who's going to win it? And I mean, I guess I can start here, and I have an. I haven't made a ton of brackets, but the consensus is is uh, Texas versus Illinois, and Illinois in it in winning it pretty much every single time. I just think that they are the best team in the country, and and just because they have a seven footer who can defend, but also has phenomenal post moves and can score twenty plus at any time, they have a guard who is. Um, probably a top five player in the country who can score at any time. And that's the, that's the thing. They can score at any level. They have phenomenal three-point shooters. They don't shy away from taking the mid-range. If the mid-range is there, they're going to take that shot and make that shot. And they have a good post presence in Coburn, who averages about 17 and 10 uh, every, a game. So I think that they are the best team in the country. And the theme of this year, I feel like, especially with Iowa in Garza, um, Michigan with Dickinson, I guess Gonzaga with Timmy, but he's not really a big man. But it's like the best, the better him, teams what, six, have seven, six, eight. Uh, yeah, but he he's a bigger guy. I'm just saying the better teams normally have a really good big man and post presence, and I think uh, Illinois has the best post presence in the country. So I think both sides of the ball too. He can really defend. He's just huge. No one's getting by him. Um, so I think that they are, in my opinion, consensus in all, a lot of my brackets, the favorite to a come out of the Midwest and that side of the bracket and then win the national championship just because of the way they score at all three levels. And they're not afraid of that. You know, a lot of teams, especially nowadays, cause they pay so much attention to the NBA is just, Layups, dunks, and threes because that's the highest percentage, and that's how you're going to get um, um, get the most points. But I still think that the mid range is super important, especially if it's a shot that's there and you can make it. Then why not take it? I mean, it's it's points. Yeah. Don't I, try I, to I, force it for another three. So I, I, I like them just because they do that. 
I agree with that take. It's going to be very brief. I agree with that take because in college basketball, scoring, it's not, it's not hundreds in the tournament. You're never going to get like 100-point games in the tournament. In the NBA, you can get – you could be – the score could be like 100 to 95 with like five minutes left in the third quarter in the NBA. Like it's ridiculous. In college basketball, not the case. They play eight less minutes. But my point it, being – They were also professionals. Yeah, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make. That's the point I'm getting to. The point I'm getting to here is that these guys got to take the shot when they're open. They got to take the shot. They practice. They have to specialize in specific shot. Only the guys that are going to get drafted, they can develop the repertoire, the the offensive threat, the off-the-dribble guy, the step-back J kind of guy. Like Other than that, you in college basketball, I, I'm, I'm going to assume this is how high school works too. You got your three-point shooters, and they really only do that. You have your off-the-dribble mid-range guy, and they really only do that. You have your playmakers and assists, and they really only do that and don't really score much. If not, they just cut and score. And you have your big men that 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 feed off the rebounds and get the putbacks. Like that, those are your. You have your specific roles in college. So I agree. If you're hitting the mid-range, if you're supposed to hit the mid-range, if that's your jumper, 15 feet, you should only take that jumper because if it's your hot streak, you need to score as much as you can, especially if you're a great team like Illinois. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyone have? I also had Texas, and I didn't talk about them a lot. Um, they're they're a weird team. It's just because of the side that side of the bracket. Gonzaga is the safe pick over there, but I don't really trust them because they haven't played. I mean, a competent basketball team in the last two months. Um, no disrespect to BYU, but like a team that's in a good conference, which Gonzaga should be anyways. But I, I don't have trust in them. I wish I could say I have trust in Kansas, but I really don't. They've had an iffy season. They've had a good win against Baylor. And then down below, um, Michigan has had – like it's just all teams that are weird and, and, and have had spurts where they don't look very good, not to mention Michigan could be without one of the better players. And then Alabama, who I mentioned earlier, who could get knocked out early. And, and Texas, I mean – they're also a weird team, but I think they're best suited. They have three really good guards who could easily score 20 plus at any given night, any given time. The only issue, again, Brian mentioned earlier was their game earlier this season against Oklahoma. I want to say, I forget what team it was, but where they had that little, that little incident. Um, I, I, that didn't really affect them that much. Um, I think they're past that, but honestly, I mean, they, they won the conference tournament in the second best conference in in the country. You can some can argue Big Twelve, but I it's Big Ten. It's Big Ten, um, but Big Twelve is right up there in in terms of competition. And they went out and showed that they were the best team in that conference and played the number one pick in Oklahoma State, who was a red hot team coming in, um, and kind of handled them pretty well. I mean, it, it was a close game. They kind of pulled away at the end, but handled them pretty well. So I, I think Texas has a really good shot at just because at making it to the championship game just because of the the odd teams uh, the odd high seeds that are in on that yeah. side of the bracket and just their ability to have one of those three guys pop off for 20 25 plus every night that's a luxury that not a lot of teams have yeah i've been really um it's been a really tough decision um i'm figure it out uh now I want to really go and face Illinois, who I think is going to win in the championship game. I don't know if, if I should go with Iowa or if I go with Texas. I think Iowa takes care of Gonzaga. Um, able to do that. But like you said, Texas has some great scoring where you can get 20-plus points out of anyone, really. And I don't know. I think Texas is a great team, but I think Iowa's going to pull through. 
I think I, I think uh, I think Kansas will beat Iowa in the Sweet 16. I know I kind of ragged on Kansas when I had Oregon. Um, you know, I thought Oregon could have a chance. I didn't pick Oregon to win. I think Oregon's going to get handled down by Iowa in the round of 32. But I think Oregon's a good team that can go to the Final Four if they get hot. But I, I, I think Kansas, again, like I said, I said it 10 minutes, like five minutes ago, um, Kansas will have a, a round of 32 and a Sweet 16 matchup against a team that really they match up well against. It's a matchup team. USC, they go heavily through Mobley. Kansas can knock, Kansas can take them down. Iowa, a similar team to USC. With, they got Garza and a much better supporting cast in USC, which Kansas will have a bit of a struggle with. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think that they can take care of Kansas. Kansas can win, beat Iowa. They match up well. McCormick is going to have his, his hands full against uh, USC, and then you have his hands full against Iowa. But he can handle it. He can take it down. He can get the job done. I think Kansas is my Elite Eight team, along with Gonzaga. Then we're going to go down here. I'm very tempted to have Georgetown on the Elite Eight team. Very <laughs> tempted. Very similar. Cinderella, Georgetown, Elite Eight. I think I'm just going to do it. Okay. Um, just to be interesting. Again, um, I, I'll say it. I, won't, I don't know if I'll do it. I'm going to say it just to be interesting. I will say Georgetown, definitely Texas. Texas is a very good team. I agree with Luke there. Um, Baylor, Ohio State, Illinois, Houston. I, or, oh, sorry, Illinois, West Virginia. I think those are my Sweet 16. And then when you get to your Final Four, it's going to be Gonzaga. Uh, sorry, Gonzaga, Texas, Baylor, Illinois, and then Illinois, Gonzaga. And that's my finals. And okay, Illinois is going to be the best team Gonzaga's played all season and vice versa. And that's where I hit a roadblock. Right the second time, I'd say Gonzaga pulls off the per- perfect season because of their big three. Um, but because they're 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 a, a gunslinging three point team, and Illinois's best defense comes from the interior. So at times you you will see that Gonzaga's strength versus Illinois's defensive strength is Gonzaga's offensive strength that is um, will match up fine because Illinois's def- off defensive strength isn't necessarily a perimeter. They're great. They're a one seed. They're good at almost everything, but it's they're not the strongest perimeter defensive uh, team in the bracket by any means. And Gonzaga is one of the best perimeter offensive teams and Gonzaga can shoot it from anywhere. And if they get hot, Illinois is going to be very dangerous because Gonzaga doesn't need to score in the paint. They can, they can, they can relax and they can shoot mid range. They can shoot threes. They can get to the line. They can do all that. They're a very well coached team. They're composed. I think they know that they're up against. And if it, it, it will be very tough for Gonzaga, it'd be very tough for Illinois. But I think right now I, I, I take the Zags at this yeah. moment in time. Gonzaga almost Gonzaga almost seems like too good to be true. Like they have like, these dude, three hate, great I players. Hate ta- I hate taking that that overall number one. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate doing it. it just eventually gonna I, do I don't like doing it. It's just Someone's, like it just never happens. It never happens. But I think this year, with the uncertainty, um, with the COVID situation, I don't know if that plays much of a factor. Gonzaga but Gonzaga always finds a way to lose. It's part of Except it for the year they won. I think oh, we know they I, went to it, but they lost. No, they've gone to it a bunch of times, but so, they always lose. The reason I'm taking Gonzaga 
is because my bracket is unique for Gonzaga to win it all. My bracket has Gonzaga playing like Oklahoma, and then they get Creighton, who very match up fine against Creighton. They can handle down Creighton. Kansas, they match up well against Kansas. They're a very deep team. Then they'll play Texas. They'll avoid Michigan. They'll avoid Alabama. They'll play Texas, another team that has no interior presence, and and Gonzaga can score from anywhere. They're fine taking the three. They're fine from scoring in the paint. They can handle Texas, and then they'll get Illinois, which is their tough game, which I think they can do. They, I think they can beat Illinois. If not, so what? Um, but I, and Illinois, on, on Illinois on their hand, my thing with Illinois is they're going to get beat up. They have Loyola, likely Loyola. If not, they'll have the ACC championship champion Georgia Tech in the first round, which would be a very difficult matchup. Then they'll probably have Oklahoma State, my, my pick. So that's another very tough game. Then they'll have uh, – where am I? They'll have one of I, – I think they'll have um, West Virginia, a team they've uh, – a big 12 team and a great team. That's going to be a very tough game. Then they'll have Baylor. Another very tough game or Ohio state. One of the other, my brackets is Baylor. So Illinois will play almost all their games will be very tough games, except for the first one. Mm-hmm. They, they might even come down to the, to the, you know, almost to the wire. A lot of them, especially with Loyola. You never know with Loyola. So that my yeah, only issue is that Gonzaga's ride will be a little easier than Illinois. So I think Gonzaga almost has an easy ride to the finals. Illinois doesn't. So my issue there is I think I think Baylor can beat Gonzaga. I don't think Illinois can. And I think Illinois can beat Baylor. So it's like again that yeah. he beat him, but he it's just, you know, it'll all go. It's like a triangle just circles back and forth. And at the end of the day, I think in, that my bracket is unique for Gonzaga to win it all. It just it just happened that way. Andrew, your bracket, if I had Gonzaga winning at all, the matchups might not make sense. Brian, maybe a different story. Luke with a different story. The brackets are all unique to whoever the winner is. That's why I like to do so many brackets because I just try different scenarios. I'm like, all right, if this team won, then you know, yeah. just try it out. But I, the bracket that I'm doing, I might have Gonzaga. Yeah, I just so here's my whole thing about Loyola Chicago. Um, we don't know what's what can happen with them. It happened once. Doesn't mean it's going to happen again. They're not a consistent low seed that always finds its way towards the round of 32 to the sweet 16. Mm -hmm. Like that just doesn't happen for them. It's doesn't happen for a lot of teams. You can't be banking on that to happen again and again. That's why I don't think it'll, it might be a tough game, but you know why it's going to be a tough game because Loyola Chicago is nationally ranked. That's why it's going to be a tough game. They're nationally ranked and they're an eight seed. Illinois has got to play a nationally ranked team. They're top. Uh, I what, they're top twenty, right? Loyola. They're, yeah. They're top, they're top they twenty. They were like the eighteen or something. They're eighteen and they're an eight seed. That's why. That's why I think it's going to be the eighteen seed. That should be a a five seed. But who have they played? No, no. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get who they played. I don't think they played many strong teams. But they're the fact of the matter is, they were consist. They were in the top. They were nationally ranked for quite a while now. I think. That's why it's going to yeah. be. I don't know. I, I guess people are going to have in mind, oh, it's Loyal Chicago. You never know. This Loyal Chicago team, actually, I think is better than the one that went all the well, way to the final is. four. Well, obviously, it's a better it's team. Be- it's a better team. And the other team wasn't nationally ranked. No, it's exactly. clearly a better team, but this that doesn't mean that they're going to play. That this they're going to beat the team. one seed. Wait, this is a better team. I didn't say they're going to be the one seed. I didn't. I have Illinois in the finals. I said I know. Loyola Chicago could provide a very good fight against Illinois because if it's Georgia Tech, I think Georgia Tech will provide a fight. Georgia Tech won the ACC. Illinois, mm-hmm. Loyola Chicago is nationally ranked, right? 
either way, each of the teams is going to f- provide a good fight for Illinois. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. They still have to play probably Oklahoma State. Then we'll have to play like West Virginia and then Baylor. Whereas Gonzaga, if we'll have to play like, we'll get an easy ride against Oklahoma. I think Creighton, if it's not Virginia, I don't think Virginia is good either. None of us think Virginia is that good. And then either Kansas or Iowa. I have Kansas, which makes it a little easier for a matchup for Gonzaga. And then Texas. So they don't even play a two seed until the finals. And they play a one seed in the finals. Illinois is going to go all the way through the board. I just, I just, I think that my bracket lines up well for Gonzaga to win. Um, I think Illinois is going to battle their way all the way to the finals. I might change it last second and pick Baylor, but um, regardless, I, I think Gonzaga is just going to. I think this is the year that a perf- that we get. I think we get another perfect season this year. Yeah, Brian, you haven't said your national championship game. My national championship game is probably a popular one. Illinois Gonzaga. I don't know. It's. Uh, I think it lines up. We we said it all. That's why I really haven't yeah. said anything. No, no, no I know. I just wanted to see if you had anything different, but it's pretty much um, the same. What I have board. different is I have UConn in the Final Four because I think yeah. there's always going to be that one team that you don't see coming that makes a run in the Final Four. It happens every single year, and I think they come out of the easiest side for it to happen. And it happens. It happens every year. There's always a team you don't see coming. It's going to happen. And then I have Ohio State because I don't like Baylor, and I. Yeah, yeah Baylor, that, uh, Baylor's got a rough history in the in March Madness. Yeah, they lost to Yale. I, I picked yeah like five years ago. Didn't Baylor lose to like? Team, but... Didn't Baylor lose to Ivy League teams in back to back years or something? Like yes. That? No, they, they lost. Did. No, no, no. Didn't, didn't they lose to Harvard and then Yale? Lost to Yale because I know I picked and the Georgia State. Lost they out. lost to Georgia State too, right? Georgia State, that, yeah. Was that the time where R.J. Hunter? That was R.J. Hunter's game winner. No, that was R.J. Hunter. So those are the back-to-back years that they lost. Georgia State. Come on, guys. Yeah, it doesn't matter if I believe or not. But <laughs> which one was? I don't uh, love Baylor. Yeah. Which one it's, was? I don't uh, love Baylor. Baylor. The the guy in the interview. He was just Torian like, Prince. They, yeah, that was uh, Yale. Went up. That was Yale. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah, does Yale? Best, eat, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Well, Brian, well, Brian thinks a little more. Here's the thing that I said earlier in the podcast. I don't know if it went noted much, but coaches play a, a huge role in this, much bigger than the NBA. We know that, but a very huge role. And I think one thing to consider, not highly consider it, but when you're making your bracket, when if you decide to do research, if you decide to wing it, whatever have you. For the guys that do the research part of the bracket, one thing that they could look at is a team's history under that coach's tenure, their current coach's tenure, because coaches, by the way, coaches can choke. Coaches can make the wrong decision. Coaches might go with the sub that they that sh- they shouldn't. Coaches can really choke in college basketball because coaches are the guys that the college basketball players really look up to, not, not much in the NBA. In the NBA, some players are more accomplished than their coaches, right? In college basketball, no one's more accomplished than their head coach. So I, 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 I really – you have to look at Baylor. They're under. I don't know. I don't know Baylor's coaching history. I don't really look at Baylor. They're, Scott Drew's been there since like 2000, I think. And he's got a history of some rough first rounds, especially in recent years. And that's where I go to. Again, you're like when we were talking about Loyola Chicago. They have some rough years. They they had a re- not rough year. They had a really good year a couple of years ago under their coach. And there are other teams like the Colorado. I was, I talked about Colorado. So the coaches do play a role in this. Uh, a big a bigger role than the NBA when you're picking your team. Look, take a small hit gaggle at um, you know who who has a very rough history as a head coach in this tournament. And maybe if it's if you have to if it comes down to a coin flip, maybe you just you give the advantage to the upset. If L self, I I really do. Really, what they do they do it every year, man. They do they're <laughs> yeah, they're Bill one self. or two and then leave and <laughs> leave in the elite eight every single year. It makes me um, mad. 
Great job, Well, it's Bill. okay because I this year Kansas they're not even getting that far. I have Kansas losing in the Elite Eight this year. Yeah, well, that, that's, a normal. that's a normal. That's a normal. 16 Elite Eight. You know, Kansas shows way, up to lose early. That's what they do. Between Kansas I'm fine and Iowa, that. whoever wins that game, I think is going to lose to Gonzaga. So I don't think I'd lose many points in my bracket if you know if they Kansas lose. I think Kansas is going to beat Iowa. I'm rooting for Kansas. I like Kansas, but they're still going to go out in the Elite Eight. They're still going to go out in the Elite Eight. Um, but yeah, again, I think you should look at some of the coaches' histories in this, and it's just all. Um, what I was saying um, before about mine and having Ohio State, I think. Like we we were talking about how we don't love Baylor, or at least I don't. And I also have a lot of upsets in that side. Like I have Arkansas losing a Colgate. I have That's Winthrop bad. winning a game or two. I have like there's not a lot of competition outside of Ohio State Baylor after that because I have a lot of teams get knocked out. And I like Texas Tech, so I had them going to the Elite Eight playing Baylor. And then I my my big thing in making the bracket was I didn't want to see conference games. Because oh yeah, like we've seen them so many times this year. Yeah, so yeah. I had Texas Tech, Baylor. I had um, Oklahoma State, uh, and never mind, not Oklahoma State. Who did I have? Regardless, it doesn't matter. Whenever I had a conference game, I like changed it because I didn't yeah. want to see that. I Here's the to thing, see though. Better. There's <laughs> always that. There's always that one boring section in the bracket where it actually the guy that picks almost all the guy that just goes by whoever the lower seed is actually ends up doing well in, or it's just like the one, like we saw it when what's the, I think it was the lawyer Chicago year um, when Villanova won and all their side of bracket, they had like a one, two matchup in this, in the elite eight. Like it was just, it just like, there's always that one section in the bracket where it's just perfect. Um, mm-hmm. I personally, I personally think it's the Midwest. Um, I, I, I don't see many upsets happening. Could be wrong. Um, I think this, I think the hat that the right half of the bracket, I don't know if it'll be as hectic. Um, again, I have Baylor, Ohio state, Illinois, West Virginia, but the left side of the bracket can get a little interesting, especially the East. I think we should look at the East just because Michigan state, Mi- Michigan, Michigan might not have livers. Brian has, Oh, UConn in the final four. I consider Georgetown in my elite eight. I'd consider Florida state in my elite eight. I have Texas in the final, the, 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 the East side get really hectic. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I like the one seeds overall. I like Gonzaga. I think Illinois is a really good team. I think Baylor's a really good team. If not Baylor, then Ohio State. Like I like the West, South, and Midwest bracket side of the brackets a lot. I like the one seeds. Everybody, I don't like Hartford to the chip. I don't. <laughs> I don't like Michigan. That's why my East bracket, East the bottom left, which is by the way, never treat me well for some reason. It's never treated me well. The bottom left side of the bracket. I don't know what it is, but. That is, uh, for some reason, Xavier always ends up there, and I always pick them to win the, that side whenever they're in. They always end up in the East. Um, but I think that's going to get really hectic. But other than that, I like the one. I like most of the two seats. I don't know much about Houston. That's why I'm going with West Virginia because of the Big 12. But still, um, it doesn't get too hectic. And um, there's always that one section that doesn't get too hectic. So if you're listening to this, there's no My hectic section is definitely the East. There's yeah. yeah. There's no, if you're listening to this, there's no shame in having a one, two matchup in the elite eight. There's no shame in that because that's the, that's I have, yeah, I have two of those wise of you take it game by game percentage wise, odds wise. That's what's going to happen. So there's no reason to, there's no reason to say, to see you got three sides that are like one and two in the elite and I, I got to change it. Your bracket is unique to you. Your bracket is unique to the, to what you think happened in the first round. And then you assess your matchups from there, right? You, I, you don't have to assess it by Brian likes to do 
Brian's all over the place. I don't, <laughs> you're like, I, I want to see this matchup, but then you also want to be smart about it, but then you want the upset. Like, I mean, but that, that's how some people are. Your bracket's unique to you, folks. Your bracket is unique to you. You just try do. to make it as fun as possible. Cause who like really I, when I make, I make multiple <laughs> brackets because I change my results based on who plays who. I think better other teams match up well against other teams. I think teams match up differently against others. So, however you make your bracket, there's, you don't, the one thing that people that kill people, they at the last second they change something because they say it's unlikely that this is gonna. There's it's unlikely that, for example, it's unlikely all eight seeds are gonna win. So then they just instinctively change Missouri, and then at the end of the day, Oklahoma ends up winning, and they, their instincts wrong. Like it just happens. So whatever the the, the only like on a test when you see four straight answers yes. are A, and then you Ooh, change this, the this you're like, there's no way it could be A four there's times. No in a way row. there's no way Miss Adams had four straight A's. There's just <laughs> no way in heck. That could happen. Like that's exactly that's me. That's why you can't be like in this bracket. You can't be indecisive. You have to stick to your picks, be confident in your picks, and there's no reason to change at the last second because your bracket's unique to you. And there are so many different scenarios that could happen in a bracket that you're likely not going to get a perfect bracket. You can play the safe way and just get your points and win your bracket pool and move on or finish second place or finish top five, or you can try and be aggressive. And there's either way is fine. As but at the end, you just the only advice is don't be indecisive. All right. If you don't like, if I don't like my bracket, I just make a new one because I, I got to make a new one with new orders because every order changes based on like one t- one game will change the entire bracket for me. It's a butterfly effect. So the only advice is just be, don't Nick be. Nick likes to make a new bracket by each round. So he always has the correct final. Oh, four. I, like, I like that too. I'm not like doing that. I <laughs> make one make bracket new... stick by it. Otherwise, who are you rooting for? I'm going to have exactly. a new bracket. By, I'm going to have a new bracket by April 5th when the national championship game is happening. I'm going to have a complete <laughs> bracket. That's all right. And ga- I guarantee you it's going to be right. Um, but no, but seriously, you just don't be indecisive about your brackets. That's the only, that's, that's the big time advice. Be confident in your brackets. Nick seems to be know, pretty indecisive. Know yeah. who you're going to root for. Yeah. You know, I, I really think that <laughs> Norfolk state could beat Appalachian state and then take some of your own advice round. guy. I really, I, I know what I'm just going to last second pick Harford to be bail Baylor. I'm just going to last second do it because the six, it's going to happen. Baby America is going to do it. No, but seriously, just don't be indecisive about your brackets. Be confident. Thanks, yeah. Nick. Insp- um, inspirational. Yeah, that's it. Anyone now. have any last thoughts? Go past. I have a statistic if you'd oh, like to hear pants. it. Oh, I guess Your we can do a challenge. statistic. Sure. Go on our Instagram. Is it? Yep. Is it, Yeah, go on our Instagram to do a drip bracket challenge. Uh, is this at all related to college basketball or are we just taking a complete detour? Uh, it's, so I, I was looking for one. I was looking mm-hmm. for the past like 15 minutes for one. I couldn't find one, but this one is still actually pretty funny. Um, it it has to do with uh, the city of Atlanta, um, eh, which is just always funny. Um, so obviously, last year during the the NLCS, the Atlanta Braves took a two zero lead in in the NLCS, and it was so funny because they ended up blowing that lead. And before this, obviously the the records change now, but when a team takes the lead two zero in the NLCS. They're twenty-eight and three. Wow, that's pretty funny. That yeah. is pretty funny. Wait, that weren't wasn't it? Weren't they up three to one too? Well, yeah, but it was when they start off two zero, and it's just funny because it's twenty-eight and three. Oh god, which, which goes back to uh, <laughs> the Super Bowl. Yes, we all know the that's Super Bowl. Yeah. We all know the Super Bowl. But uh, another, another, uh, other last whatever's. thoughts. Yes. Go join uh, the uh, 
bracket challenge. Thirty-five dollars yeah, for the, the winner. What's it's the gonna be fun now? On the Instagram post, it's like a weird multi password. There's no password. That's just part of the name. Oh. You could delete. There that, is. But... I could, but we just, it, like, it, it makes it special. Now there's no entry fee, so there's no point there, regulating who joins. There's no password. There is no Nick. password, Nick. I made it public from the beginning, guy. Oh, I had to. Did you have to enter a password? I had to enter the big four as a password. Yeah. That's that a different Brian. one. That's Mars. Brian's one. That just for us, more. Dude, there's. Two. Okay, it's okay. I, I know you're a confused child. We're done. <laughs> We're up. done. Any other last <laughs> thoughts? Any other Go final pats. thoughts? We'll talk Go about pats. that. Go pats. We'll we'll talk about the pats on Thursday. Believe me, we oh, will yeah, talk baby. about the pats. Oh on yeah, Thursday. come on now. Because hey, guess what? They're not done, baby. Uh, they're probably done. But <laughs> it's been okay, reported fine. they're not done. Okay, fine. They're not done. They'll get the fifth string quarterback from the Jaguars. You mean they have to make a trade now, right? No, they still got like 30 mil. They're getting Devontae Adams. I I thought that they used the money for Agale, and then they just signed Aguilar and Bourne just to fill that. Just, you know, Aguilar plus Bourne equals Kenny Galladay contract. Well, the whole contract isn't paid out in one year. Well, I know, you also... gotta you gotta divvy it out, you know. Anyways, oh, we'll get to a Thursday. Like, we'll like get to a Thursday. Left. We'll get to a Thursday. We'll talk about the Pats on Thursday, big off season. Yes. But what also starts Thursday? The freaking NCAA championship tournament. And that was what our whole thing was. Hopefully that helps you guys with your brackets. And, um, uh, come back Thursday for the uh women's tournament breakdown. Yeah, yeah okay. Yes, sure, we can do that. Oh, uh, what's his I'm face? Just, I'm just gonna save you some time Gino and just talk to UConn because they want. Gino, yeah, yeah, he got yeah. COVID, so he's not gonna be there. Which South Carolina, legitimate. South Carolina, yeah, South Carolina. Yeah, just save thank you, some you time guys. I to pick UConn because they win every year. Yeah, facts. Thank you guys for listening. Go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Big Four underscore Podcast, where you can also see our tournament challenge. Join that, and thank you guys for listening. Peace.